Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, we are talking with Tim Ringgold, who I call the Relaxation Ninja because he can do stuff with music and you never see it coming. You will look at and feel music in a completely different way after hearing Tim and the work that he does. Uh, Tim is the owner of Sonic Divinity Music Therapy Service and the author of Sonic Recovery. And you might have seen Tim on, you know, he's been on stages internationally. Uh, he's been on TED Talks. As a matter of fact, he did the first TED Talk on uh, music therapy. Uh, you might have seen him in like the Rise Up Challenge. He's been everywhere. Tim's mission is to empower people to reach for music when they are facing stress, you know, in work, in life, whatever it is, uh, rather than harmful, you know, drugs, alcohol, food, or whatever other vice that you might have, uh, to use music as the vice rather than something else. Uh, he spent 11 years in hospitals and treatment centers helping people reduce pain and relieve stress with the use of music. Today, we're going to be thinking big and go all ninja on you on the benefits of music for stress and relaxation. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. I'm so excited to have Tim Ringgold on the podcast today. He is going to absolutely give us some amazing value. And I can tell you that you are probably probably one of the most authentic people that I've I've listened to. I, I, I thank you. From the heart, I'm telling you. It is it's uh and the stuff that you talk about and the stuff that you teach to the world is so it's meaningful. And it's, it's, it's so needed. And I think, you know, and we'll get into this and, you know, your incredible stuff that you do and your story and, and things like that. But during these times, it is right now more than ever, we've got to have a way to overcome the crap, overcome the stress, overcome all the shit that we're going through right now. And it's, it is overwhelming for many, many people. And as, you know, at first it was, it was kind of fun. Okay. We're, we're at home for a week and you know, th then it starts getting old. Th then comes week two. And then by the third month, you're like, this shit is just, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I am so with everything from social media to just everything. It's just like without the human touch is just, it, it, it wreaks havoc on your soul. I mean, it, it really yes. does. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I rode in launch club this morning. I need a hug. Yeah. That's all I wrote. It's just blue background. <laughs> I need a hug. I mean, man, I just like that. Like you nailed it. The touch just like, I don't think people are, well, I think they are. I think they're starting to really understand yeah. like how social we are as animals, as mammals. And that we, oh my God, this is, this screen is, I mean, it's a, it's better than nothing, but it's not the yeah. real thing. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I was an introvert until this shit happened. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I, I really do need that that uh, interaction. But going into, you know, one of the things that, you know, I know that you're, you know, a board certified, you know, music therapist, which is, but the stuff that you've done with music, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, 
there's something about music or there's, and, and I don't know what it is, but there's something about either sound or music that is out of the five senses, uh, senses that we have, mm. music is the one thing that can transport me anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's, if it's, it, it could be a song back from when I was growing up and I'm instantly there. You know, oh, it yeah. can be, I can look at a picture and yeah, that's, that's great. I kind of remember that, but you bring on a song. Uh, if I'm trying to get into like a, a peak state or I'm trying to get my heart, I'll throw on, you know, systems of a down or something and yes. just get that shit going. And, yes, and my, my exactly. heart rate just automatically goes up. And there's totally. something about music. And I don't know if it's, again, I'm not, I don't know if it's like, to me, we are all just a vibration. Yes. And I don't know if it just... It's kind of like a, a tuning fork. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I if I play music and it just my body resonates with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but there is definitely something about music, and it's it's absolutely fascinating that you got you got into that as a you know as what you do. Yeah, that you know I started out as a well I started out as a musician. Like I I, I was on stage at four, so right away I just felt comfortable making it. But then you know I started out as a fan also, um, and it was like the story that I shared in rise up, you know, like it, it was, you know, there were a lot of mountaintop moments, but it was the, it was the worst moment of my life that, that really revealed the, the transformative power of music. Right. And when, when nothing else worked and I tried everything and nothing helped the pain except music and it didn't help the pain, it eliminated, it disappeared the pain. Like the, I forgot about the pain and, and, but then I didn't know there was a structure out there that you could go learn the science of, you know, music and understand how to point it at problems like a physical therapist points exercise. And I was an athlete. So I really resonated with physical therapy because I spent a lot of time on the, on the physical therapy mat. And um, so, and I actually was going to, I was really interested in becoming one because I, I, but it was just tissue and it wasn't emotions and soul. Right. And so I got bored after a few years and I was like, ah, and then I discovered music therapy and I was like, wait, music is the modality I'll be using to heal people. Shut up. And I'll tell you, like my life changed the day I discovered it. I have never looked back because I knew right away that I had had this lived felt sense of it already. Right. And now I was going to learn why and how all that happened. Right. And while parts of that was really annoying because it was like tales of the obvious, that was my whole degree was chapter one, chapter two. Like, yeah, I know that, but now I know why and I know how. And, and what's so much fun, Sean, like one of the most fun things is to hear someone just like you say just what you said, which is, I don't know what it is, but I have this very real experience with music and it's very powerful. And then I get to come in and bring language to, I'll tell you exactly why and how that's happening. And then people, they trust music so much more. It actually like restores it like back up to the podium of where it was when we were teens. Like it was everything right? when we were teen. And then as adults, it kind of, it kind of fades. But then when they hear me talk about it, they, they remember. And then they that remember, right? They reconnect with the power of music for them. And then they're like, oh, it's, it's legit. There are studies that prove what I already know. Okay. And, and that's very funny, you know, but it's psychology. We, we need that kind of legitimacy in our culture. So it doesn't seem like kumbaya and people then 
the, you know, we got the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. Everybody's in agreement. Okay, music. I'm going to lean on this. I'm going to reach for it. And that's in, in, immensely gratifying to have those conversations. Yeah. And there's one thing I, I was watching. I don't know which one of your videos, but you said something in it that, uh, that really struck me. It was, you know, we're going to meet inside the music. Mm. Yes. That is, that's uh, a, that's a great, that's a great saying. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's that, pretty interesting. Um, we have, uh, where, what part of the world do you live in? I am in Houston in Texas. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here, um, we do, there are community drum circles in different cities, you know, of here and there, and they get together like once a week or once a month or, and there's a, uh, one particular drum circle here in Laguna beach on the full moon. And you can go down to Aliso beach on the full moon. And from before sunset till 10 PM ages 60 to seven, six to 70 are there. It's intergenerational. And it's around one of the fire pits and half the half of its people dancing, half of its people drumming or a third of its people dancing. A third of it is people drumming. And then a third of it is just people just standing, smiling, just soaking it up. And you, you realize you go to this event. I go, sometimes I bring my kids. Sometimes I go by myself and you don't actually have any conversations but for the amount of time you're there, you feel totally connected to everyone you're standing or sitting around. Right. But there's no time to actually talk because it's it's going the whole time. You literally can't have a conversation, but you're talking the whole time. But music is the language, not English. And you feel connected to everyone around you and you make eye contact and you smile and you're nodding in synchrony with each other and you're you're feeding off of each other and the dancers are feeding off you and you're feeding off the dancers and no one's talking it's so cool but it's you have the energy like you, you you feel like you feel as human like oh this is what it means to be a human like i feel like i'm in touch with my my whatever your heritage is my ancestry as a human being right. is that I make music, I move, I move in rhythm and I move with others. Yeah. And this is what I've been doing for tens and tens of thousands of years. Wow. I remember this now at some level and it's just extraordinary. And there's, uh, I've never been to a drum circle, but there is something about a drum or a bass or mm -hmm. just the rhythm. Yes. There's something that is so... It brings to me. It, it just brings you back to. I don't know if it's being grounded mm -hmm. or very much. Yes. I'm not sure if it's the vibration, but yes. something about a bass like the drum is just. Yes, it it literally it just that's that it's it's almost like a heartbeat. Totally, that's yeah, exactly that's, what it is. You got it. Like you, you're very intuitive. Like you are tuned into this. Um, so a concert, you know, is the more common experience that we all have with group music making right. and a concert is group music making because the band as someone who used to be on stage can I can tell you that what I put forth in energy has everything to do with who's putting it back as the audience if there's no audience the, the energy I'm able to give is reduced and when you go to a concert there's a reason why it's loud because right. our ears actually with decibels volume, if you push the decibel level higher, your brain increases the amount of dopamine it releases 
it actually really likes loud music. There's a threshold, of course, where it's painful and damaging, but the reason we push the, the volume is that the human experience, like collectively in rhythm, the more you collect rhythm and, and like consume it together and become part of it together, our body is actually designed to have a pleasure response to that experience. So right. it, it, it reinforces the idea as a mammal that we're supposed to gather and we're supposed to be rhythmic together. And right. so we've been doing this for like, you know, the oldest instrument we have is a flute. It's 40,000 years old, but we were making egg shakers and drums long before that. And with children, with babies, this gal did some really fascinating work that if you, if you put a baby in one of those little papooses and if you bounce with the baby for a certain period of time and you guys are moving together rhythmically and then you drop some pencils and you're like, oh no, I dropped my pencils. Will you help me pick them up? Take a, take a child that was bouncing in rhythm with the person, then take a child who wasn't bouncing in rhythm. The one who was bouncing in rhythm displays greater empathy and will pick up more of the pencils than the child that was not connected in rhythm with the other person. So the rhythm acts as this social glue that actually releases this chemical called oxytocin, which is the hug drug, like the connection chemical, where we feel connected to each other. Our brain's like, yes, yes, I need this. I'm a mammal. I need to survive by being in groups. And rhythm actually releases that chemical. So it, it, it makes us more empathetic when we groove together. It's yeah, this, fascinating. This fascinating is, I'm telling you, this is, this is absolutely fascinating. Now, what do you think? So if, if, you know, me just in a room, just cranking up the music and listening to it loud, I'm sure it has an effect yes. and it increases. Yes. But I don't think, I think what I'm missing is the other energy in the room. Yes. I think that, and I, I truly think that enhances yes. any experience because we're, You're we're correct. also, we're, we're transmitters, but we're also receivers of energy. Yes. And I, I know there's something that when I'm with other people, even though it might be the same music at the same level, there's yep. something that I also get from an energy wise from the other people yeah, within me. You nailed it. And that's one of the reasons why artists typically will, as a practice, we will book smaller venues to sell out than larger venues to play half empty because the perception, the collective experience, when you put all the bodies together, you resonate together and you feel that energy right. from each other. And if you put that into a container, which is the venue, right. Right. And you kind of bring it in close, then that experience is magnified. If you disperse it, 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 the experience is you don't have that same collective energy. We just, and it's so funny because in my neighborhood, I do a Saturday evening concert every week where I just, I have a neighbor bring out an extension cord and I plug in a little portable PA and I play on the curb and invite people to gather. And uh, it was one of my neighbor's ideas. And we were gathering in this one little spot in the neighborhood for until about three weeks ago. And then he just started getting uncomfortable because the numbers were going up in Orange County with COVID and he didn't want to host anymore. Okay, cool. So we found a new spot. So now we're down at the cul-de-sac. There's much more. You're room. at the next street over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're down the street and uh, new new extension cord, new neighbor. <laughs> And it's actually a great spot the, the, the it's a beautiful, like where I'm set up, I'm still on a, on a curb, but I'm in this cul-de-sac, it's beautiful, 
But what's interesting is it's a bigger space and people are now really dispersed in the space and it doesn't feel the same. Right. It doesn't feel the same as the artist. Others have said, yeah, it doesn't really feel the same. Right. It's beautiful down here, but we don't have that like that boxed in energy that we're feeling. And that's what right. you're feeling, that energy from each other, that, that synchrony. I, I'm wondering what the long-term effect will be because it's, I mean, it's, it's one thing to be a couple months and it's one thing to, you know, we're having to deal this and it, yes, I understand we have to social distance. We have to do this, but from a long-term standpoint, I'm more worried about my mental health, my mental capabilities, my hell. I hope we don't lose our sense of, of, getting the energy from other people. I'm just, I, I am truly more worried about the long-term effect of this than, than the short-term. I, I, I know I'm, I might be in the minority, but I, I think we're causing more damage in some aspects than we're helping. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, there's an absolute argument. And one of my buddies says that the, how does he put it? The shock, the aftershocks are going to be bigger than the quake. Yeah. That's his, his, his line. And and the mental health impact, and the thing to remember, and it's not to be a total downer, but the United States, for the last three years before COVID-19, was already in a mental health epidemic. Right. So our life expectancy in the United States dropped three years in a row because of suicides and overdoses. And the last time that happened was 1920 with the last with the Spanish flu. Yeah. So that is a really that's an overlooked statistic we were already redlining. We weren't like doing well in mental health and then COVID came along. Right. We were already really unhealthy before this happened. So this was just like the worst timing for this. And I, I try to imagine like, so I'm a soccer fan and I'm obviously a, a musician. So uh, being on stage and being in, having gatherings, large gatherings, and as a speaker, conferences, right? In my mind, I can't visualize the other side of this yet. Right. Uh, I, 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 w I was fantasizing in March about May, like it was going to be this two week things like SARS and it was going to disappear and then everything would be fine. And, and now we've just proven that that's not the case. And, and my time horizon, like the impacts of that, no one's going to feel comfortable gathering. It, it exceeds my ability to, yeah. To see out. And in what's interesting is in 2001, after 9-11, uh, gathering, like I had, I, I was dealing with trauma from 9-11, from seeing the planes over and over. My, my family's from New York. And so we went to the World Series. Uh, we were, lived in Phoenix at the time. We had tickets. And I was in the stadium for two of the games. And I was, I was completely triggered the entire time waiting for a plane to hit the stadium. Yeah. I was convinced. Yeah. I was like, if I was at Al-Qaeda, I would hit one of either yeah. Bank One Ballpark or Yankee Stadium during the World Series yeah. would have been like super strategic. Yeah, super And Bowl, I just kept whatever. waiting. Yeah. I just kept waiting. And I was just triggered the whole time. And I felt so unsafe. And that summer of 2001 and into the next year, concert tickets fell through the floor. And System of a Down, interesting you mentioned them, were on tour with Slipknot at the time. And they both had a platinum record at the time. And they were co-headlining an arena tour that summer. Now, in the music business, if you have a platinum record, 
you could co- you could headline your own arena tour. You're selling enough records, right? But they're you know they're going to co-headline because it's heavy music. Should be no problem, no problem, to sell out arenas all over the country with System of a Down and it was Toxicity and Slipknot, uh, Wisconsin, whatever it was called um, at the time. They were so popular, they canceled the tour because they couldn't sell enough tickets. And I was like, what? And that, you know, being in the business trying to get signed at that time and no one's signing anybody because no one can tour and right. Napster and between the two of them, that was it. And right now we're in one of those gaps where I'm like, I don't see people gather. I can't yeah. in my mind's eye see a time when yeah, we're all going to be like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Let's get on a cruise ship. Yeah. And and here's the thing. 9-11 was a very bad thing. But in terms of, I think, the scope or the width, I don't think it was as big oh. as this from from, no way. from how it's going to affect people. People are going to remember this and it's going to affect them way more than, and, and again, I'm not totally. downloading, downing 9-11 at all. Nope. But this is- but scale? Scale. This is going to have much more effect on how we do things in the future, yep. what we do. Uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to change. To me, I think it's going to change how we do so many things for years to come. It's going to be yeah. a, a pretty big effect. Yeah. It's going to be a while. Yeah. You know, the Spanish flu was three years. This is, here's, here's what I hope. So Spanish flu, 1918, 1919, 1920, worldwide pandemic. The only reason that everybody doesn't, can't recite details is that it comes on top of World War I. And in history, we love a good war. Like yeah. we put war in our history books. So we all know about World War I. We don't really know much or anything. You don't hear anything about it. The decade of prosperity that occurred as a slingshot after the war and after the pandemic, the roaring 20s, was the pendulum swing after right. those two collective events. And we tend to swing in a pendulum as humanity, we like progress, then we regress, then we progress, then we regress, right? And so I just keep telling myself, like, Spanish flu was here for three years. Yeah. Millions of people, right? Killed millions of people, three years. That's a long time. And in our ADD TikTok culture, three years is eternity. Yeah. Right. We've gone like through three five years different back iPhones. Time, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, time as we understand it today yeah. versus then. Three years yeah. of this. I don't think we have it in us. It's going to be. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think we have the fortitude. I don't think we're as tough as we were, we're more sensitive, which in some ways is a good thing. And in some ways it's, you know, it, it's a plus minus thing. Right. So yeah, I, it, I'm with you, man. I'm yeah. like, Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be. And, and, and that's why I think some of the stuff that you're doing is so important. I mean, it's, again, I think it's more important now than it, than it's been a long time. How, so how do you use music as, as a therapy? How, how does that work? Well, it, um, it depends on who you're working with. So music is a very broad element and it can be used in a lot of different ways and it can be used across the lifespan. So it becomes, a, you know, this thing where it's like you point an element of music at a person at a particular point in time who's struggling with a particular issue. So what's easy to say is let's look at some uh, populations that, that benefit from music. So 
children with autism is a very large community, right? And one, the two things that they struggle with is attention span and appropriate social behavior. They, they don't have the empathy connection. When we make music in group, uh, it turbocharges their brain because music's unlike any other stimulus in nature is more complex than anything. It requires every subregion to work together. Why that's helpful is that anybody who has any kind of neurological dysregulation, could be traumatic brain injury, could be autism, could be cancer, could be a developmental disability, uh, could be a stroke, um, could be addiction, it, trauma. Anybody who has some dysregulation in their brain, because the brain has all these backup roots, you know, uh, all these redundant neural pathways, and because music requires all of the subregions to work, if you have an injury in one part of your brain, music bypasses that injured area. Speech doesn't do that by itself because speech is very localized in the brain. Uh, attention doesn't do it. Memory doesn't do it. These, they're, they're just individual elements. But music is a very global, as far as the brain's concerned, a global sensation. And so if I have this part of my brain not working, well, luckily, everything else is working together in the meantime to engage with the music stimulus. So I can do things on music that I can't do in just regular right. activities of daily living. And to the average person, it literally looks magical. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have people who stutter. They cannot speak. They will just sing perfectly. They can sing, but they can't speak. People with strokes who can't speak can sing and we teach them to sing to their nurses what they need. And then over time, generalize it to speech. And Gabby Giffords, that's her story. That's how she was able to talk again after her head injury right. from a gunshot was music therapy. And so music does these amazing things inside the brain that neuroscientists, neurologic music therapists, and, and music therapists have figured out. So we kind of conspire to use the brain to kind of bypass wherever there's an injury or right. a damage. And because music is playful and fun, um, there's a pleasure aspect in the brain to engaging in music. So your brain releases dopamine whenever you make music, just like when you eat chocolate or have sex. So right. it's a very primal motivation reward system. And if you have all three activated. of those at one time, then it's just... <laughs> As many of us have. You know, you're like, what if we do this, you know, and then this together, like, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? We stack <laughs> these things together. That's what, that's what Led Zeppelin's fourth album was all about back in the day. Come on. So, uh, and, uh, yeah. So knowing that about the brain, knowing that about music, and then understanding different, you know, understanding the pathology of different diagnoses, you can start to put two and two together and figure out like, well, okay, if this isn't working, but if I did this musically, it would bypass that. I'm going to do this, and it's going to address that deficiency without the person even knowing. So right. kids, for example, kids with autism, we teach them turn-taking, and we teach them attention and memory skills inside of learning songs and playing songs in a group and taking turns in parts. All the like, active, like social, emotional like skill set that they don't have, those pathways are being built inside of the musical experience and they don't even know it's almost like the so when people talk to me or they're trying to teach me something i think i automatically have some sort of a defense mechanism come up i mean okay. no matter what someone's saying i mean i, I yeah. think we all have a filter of yeah, yeah that's 
that's bullshit. I'm not going to yes. believe that or, yes. or I do believe that. Yes. And I, I think there is no defense system for music. When, when you yeah. hear music, there's Dude, nothing you're that- nailing it. There's nothing you, that you, says- You are like serving up all of my talking points right now. Because one of the things about music is we trust it. It's very authentic now, except for Millie Vanilli. Uh, you know, it's it's really genuine, and and we we like I have this slide in my slide deck, and it says sometimes it feels like music is my only friend. Yeah, and because we'll be going through something, and then we'll hear a lyric, and it's exactly what we're going through, and we're like we've never met that person, but they're freaking telling our story yeah. verbatim. And you're like, oh my God, yes, yes. And then you say to yourself, I'm not alone. Yeah. And you can be in your room with headphones on by yourself and feel more connected than downstairs in the living room or at a party. Right. And and that that's one of the things about and so I, I and this is the in that same TED talk where I talk about we meet inside the music, one of the phrases that I use is that we it's the mutual friend between any one of us. Yeah. So you know music, like the back of your hand. I know music. We just met, but we can jam instantly because we have this third person in the room and that triangle now, like if we were at a party and we were introduced by somebody we both had a lot of love for, you and I would start right away. Yeah. Because that that wall, that defense social wall would come down. Right. But if we ran into each other on the street with no introduction, that wall would be up. And so the music acts as that catalyst of, of psychological safety and trust, and it allows us to just open up. And, yeah. and that's one of the things that I, I noticed early on. I worked in the hospital with cancer patients to help relieve their pain and their anxiety and their nausea. And I would go into rooms and I would talk to guys. It was so interesting, like doctors who had cancer. This is an interesting cohort of people because they have all this knowledge and the knowledge isn't keeping them from having cancer. Yep. So they're in this real like crisis and they think they know everything there is to know. So I come in, I'm a music therapist. And they're like, eh, I don't really want to do music. Just well, let's just talk about music. Yeah. yeah. Just tell me about what do you like to listen to? What's your style? What do you, what do you enjoy? Just tell me about what's in your collection. So they start, or tell me, my favorite one is just tell me about your favorite concert. Cause people know they're like, Oh, Ooh, ah. And suddenly they're going through this, database of pleasure, right? And connection and that euphoria that we feel. And then they, afterwards, they're like, we didn't even do it, but I feel so much better. I don't have any pain. I have no anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, we weren't even doing music. We were just talking about it. And it's that powerful. Yeah. And it's because it's this, this thing that's very, very personal and, and we trust it. So I, I leverage that trust yeah. consciously. And I know you have stuff up on your, up on your side on, on even, so even without, to me, even without traumatic stuff, just daily stresses, you know, I know you mm -hmm. have stuff for, for that. Yep. Uh, now you were talking, you were also talking about the mind. Do you think that when the brain, you know, you're talking about it bypassing certain areas yep. that are damaged, do you think music helps actually build new pathways to yes. permanently bypass that? Yes, but slowly. So the research, the research is that music does help build new neural pathways, um, but it is not efficient in that process. It takes a tremendous amount, but it does work. It does happen. And it builds other areas that you would not connect with musical ability that are really important for daily activities. So for example, frustration tolerance 
the ability to focus on something that's annoying you without quitting is a skill set. Frustration tolerance, it's a, there's a phrase for it. So what they, what they noticed with kids, uh, they did this study where they took uh, children and put them into two cohorts, one who had been taking music lessons, one who had not been taking music lessons. They gave all the kids an unsolvable math problem and told the kids, each kid did this individually in a room by themselves. They gave them the problem and a timer. And they said, hit the timer when you either quit or solve the problem. That's the only instructions they gave them. The kids didn't know there was no answer. <laughs> so the kids, this is great psychology, just torture 101, right? <laughs> Behind the glass. Mm, what happens when we torture them this way? And um, so the kids work on the problem. They work on the problem. They work on the problem. There's no answer. So finally, they just give up. And what they noticed was that the kids who um, had no music lessons, you know, there was a, we'll, we'll use the word average, but maybe it was a mean score of how long they hung in there before they quit. Right. And then there were the music cohort and the music cohort stayed with the problem, not twice as long, 11 times longer before they quit. Now, take that out of there and put that into daily life. Like right. how long will you as an adult put up with X, Y, or Z before you quit and you go do something else right. or you just get distracted or your brain gets stressed by it and it just thinks of let's do something different because most people will do something till it gets hard and then they do something yeah. different. Yeah, they quit. That's that is it. So that that is that is like success 101. That, <laughs> that is what success is. You, you do it until you, yeah, you yeah. do it until you, We're, until it works. You, that's right. Until it works. And you know, we all have a, we all have an internal subconscious expectation around, you know, the time, effort and energy it'll take. And then there's what it actually takes. And then you're in some sort of gap or gulf most of your life. Yeah. And so how are you in the gap? That's really the game. And what they found is kids who have taken music lessons are just able to be in the gap a lot longer. And so high school, like, sorry, excuse me, grade point averages, uh, particularly attendance in school, they go through the roof if the child is enrolled in either a high school ensemble or some sort of instrument. If they're in, like, if there's choir or there's band or there's, you know, there's something musical that they can participate in as a part of their all overall schooling, it may, it's the rising tide lifts all ships. Right. It makes everything else more successful because there is no heavier stimulus for the brain to process than music. It's immensely complex. So if you can be with and struggle with and, and master some level of music, the, in terms of like a word, like heavy lifting, like there's nothing more complicated and complex to the brain than music. So everything else looks like much easier by comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing that, uh, a lot of school districts are looking at taking away <laughs> music. I know it's, and the research shows it's like the worst thing to do. And then when they bring it back, they bring it back from top down instead of bottom up. So they'll bring it back for like high school or middle school when they should be bringing it back for elementary school first, right. because like music, uh, evolutionarily and developmentally, it's considered a proto language. So it's a pre language. So your brain actually builds like a scaffolding for music before spoken language. So the best times to learn a language of any kind is, you know, eight years and younger, right? The brain is a sponge. Yeah. After that, 
you can do it. It just takes more effort to achieve the same result. Right. At music being the same way. So you want kids under the age of eight on instruments singing. You want them engaging in music because of all the other things it's going to do in all the other classes. And I, the way I describe it to people in music therapy is I say, listen, we're going to the creativity gym for an hour for a workout. And here's why. Because creativity is the muscle that you flex to solve problems every day of your life till yeah. you die. Yeah. Creativity is good for art, but it's also how you solve every problem you face. That's the muscle. And when you work out music, you work out creativity. Yeah. And just like when you go to the gym, the benefits of working out don't end when you walk out of the gym. It's the beginning. It's yeah. the beginning. Yeah. The, the rest of your day, you know, you're, you have more energy, you have more clarity, you have more memory, more emotional regulation, like benefit, 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 but all the reasons why you should work out, even if you never plan on taking a topless picture, you know, right. or go to, you know, like just do it anyway, because it's going to make this thing work better. Music occupies the same exact benefit list, like as exercise, like does all these things for you without even, without you ever having to play a show. Right. So is there... I, my alter ego is a rapper. <laughs> is there? <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> my family thinks I'm a nut because I listen. I love rap. I don't know why. That's awesome. I, I think I it's that. the beat. I, I don't know, but yep. I, I yep. love rap. And <laughs> Great. people think I'm. A, so if anybody out here listening knows Snoop Dogg, just please send him my way. <laughs> I, I, I want to rap. <laughs> but uh, this, I'm telling you, this this stuff is just so fascinating and. People, we really don't think about music in that way, but it is, it, it, it's part of us. It's, it's who we are. It's the vibration, the, the rhythm of us, the, you know, everything we do. What, if people right now, they're, they're in a lot of stressful things. What's, what are, you know, one or two things that you, you recommend for someone that's, you know, sitting at home, they're, they're stressful, you know, what can they do? You know, what are some of the things that they can do to help relieve the stress? Yeah, sure. So there's three ways that I teach people to reach for music fast. So the first one is make it. And when I say make it, I don't mean like go to the music store and buy an instrument or go online and buy an instrument and, and try to take lessons per se. Although you can. Making music is just a matter of engaging your body in some way with music you already enjoy. So instead of just listening to music, either tap along, snap along, clap along, hum along, rap along, sing along, scratch along, su you know, strum along. You, if you engage your body in some way with the music you're listening to, the music is time-based. And so the beat is happening in the present. When you listen to music, like you mentioned before, it can take you back in time. But when you're trying to make music in the present, you're in the present moment because you're having to literally be on the beat. Otherwise you miss the beat or you miss the lyric or whatever. So it's really healthy for the brain to be in the present moment mentally because it's the only place you have any control. And the brain likes the perception of control. And it understands intuitively it has no control over the future. It's a construct. It also understands intuitively it has no control over the past. But it does understand intuitively that in the present, I can control how I move my body, what I put in my mouth, and what I focus on. It knows that intuitively. So if you, if you engage in exercises that keep you in the present moment, your perception of control goes up, which is really healthy for you. So if you're ever tripping out about what's going to happen in the future or bummed out about what's happened in the past, you put on a song you like and you start jamming with it. 
and it'll pull you. And you, you pick out something in the song where you have to match it. So you're actually kind of having to think about it a little bit, right? Like you're paying attention, like, oh yeah, what is the kick line in this? Doom, da doom, 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 da doom, doom. Oh, I never picked out exactly what that is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the bass line or the kick line throughout the song. And and suddenly you are right here, right now. So that's making it. Now, if you want to make music any other way, great. But the point is neurologically, it's that simple of just picking out an element within the song you like other than the lyrics you already know by heart and trying to match it and you'll be here now. If you're somebody's like, Oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. And you just want to listen. Cool. Create for yourself a power playlist. So a power playlist is three songs that fire you up and it doesn't matter what they are as long as they just light your fire. That's all that matters. And not country. Uh, well, it, it can be because God invented <laughs> headphones so that someone can listen to country on their own and not bother me or you, because I don't want to hear your country, but I want you to hear your country. So if it's good for you, fair play, but make sure you put that in headphones and you'll make us all happy. Because, you know, one person's, uh, you know, what, what did I say the other day? One person's Beyonce is another person's Brahms. You know, like it, music's, we, we say, what's your taste in music? because it's like flavor, it's subjective. Yeah. It's totally subjective, right? Even within rap and hip hop, you know, there are people who like old school and there are people who like trap and people are like, oh, I can't stand trap, this stuff. What do, 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 do. Why do we all have to sing in sixes? Why did do, 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 do. it sounds like my little nephew crying, having a temper tantrum, you know? And so like people will talk smack, you know, even with about a style. So it's like, cool, enjoy your style. I'm not here to, you know, convert you to anything just put headphones on people but the beauty of a playlist is if you're feeling stressed you get up away from your screens you put in your earbuds you go for a walk to your playlist and you just walk to the beat and by the time you come back it's about eight to twelve minutes depending on the length of the songs your nervous system will have reset during that time and so you just come back and you need a break from screens anyway. It's super healthy. Your body needs to move. Right. So it's, it's, it's healthy on multiple levels to just take a power playlist break. And then the third one is just relax to it. Now, relaxing to music, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they put on what I call spa music. Spa music is like the synth pads that just kind of, or like the Eastern, like a drone. Right. Where it's just, la. it's like what they have on when you're getting a massage. Yeah. That is actually the worst type of music for your brain to relax to because there's no perceptible beat. Yeah, there's no rhythm. It, there's no rhythm and your body's a rhythm machine. And there's this thing called the law of rhythmic entrainment because your body's a rhythm machine. It responds to rhythm. So you will upregulate your energy by listening to high tempo music and you will downregulate your energy by listening to slow tempo music. So you want your relaxation music to have a perceptible beat. Now that's something that like, until I became a music therapist, I did not know the science behind that. And if you have any kind of trauma in your background, even if it's un, like diagnosed, that kind of drone, because it's so ungrounding, can actually re-trigger you. And you used that word before, you're like, I don't know what it is. It's like grounding, you nailed it. A perceptible beat grounds us in time. And that's really important for the nervous system. The nervous system wants to be in time. Think of this. When you fly three time zones in three hours, what happens? You get jet lag. 
right? Your body is no longer in time. Right. It's out of time. Now, can you tell your body to not reset and, and, and assimilate? No, your body will assimilate to wherever it goes. It actively seeks to resync up and be in time. This is, and we've all experienced this, you oh, know, yeah. it takes ex exactly the amount of your business trip is how long, you know, you assimilate and then you're like, oh, I got to go back home. And, but yeah. you can't tell your body don't, don't assimilate it automatic. It wants to feel in time and a perceptible beat gives it time. So my relaxation vacation, which is the gift I give everybody on my website for coming by, it has my classical guitar rather than a synth. And there's a perceptible beat and it's the beat of the human heart when you're resting. And so that's a really important thing that people overlook when they want to relax to music is they just try to put on something that's just bleh. That's some ninja stuff there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that's just that's what like I'm talking about. Thank just you like for recognizing. Ninja. That's like ninja. I, <laughs> I geek out on this stuff. Like I, people, they understand it at a surface level. And I'm like, oh, you don't understand what it's like down at the bottom. Let me let me tell you. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> and what's weird is like I'm I'm fairly big into exercising and running and, and stuff. I will actually almost always, and it's it's almost at a fault now, but I run to music but mm -hmm. at, at different beats. So yes. if I'm running, you know, a, a slow 10 minute mile, 170 BPM yes. up to 185 BPM, but it's that my body gets in that even for running gets in that. Yes. that it, and it keeps me at pace. Oh, yeah. It keeps me in rhythm. It keeps me. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Me too. I have a, a running playlist. And for those of you who work out, you'll know this, um, your perception of effort drops during music cognition, meaning while you're listening to music, you don't notice the effort you're putting in. Try running or lifting in silence after being programmed to the music you enjoy. You'll yeah. notice the perception of effort. You'll just notice it. See, that's more than just crap for me. Yo, yeah, it's it's totally <laughs> fascinating. And, and we've all experienced it, but there's like, that was what was so fun about learning about this was like, oh, so like my running playlist, I shouldn't listen to it unless I'm running, because when I'm running, it like cues this response in my nervous system. Like now it's time to run. Right. So like when that first song comes on for me, it's the same song every time. And when that beat kicks in, dum, 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 I'm like, Oh, I have like about 10 seconds and then the kick is going to come in steady. And, and I start walking faster. And as soon as the kick comes in steady, I gallop and your heart rate and changes too. That's your, the your heart rate changes as well. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. uh, you mentioned your website. What's the best way for them to, for people to get in, get in touch with you? Yeah. So, uh, first name, last name. So timringgold.com two G's, uh, go to my website. You'll see my bald head smiling at you saying reach for music. And then you'll see, it'll say, would you like to take a relaxation vacation? And you'll say, why, yes, Tim, I'd love to, because I'm not taking any other kind of vacation right now. <laughs> and, and you'll put your name and your email address in, and I'll send you my relaxation vacation, which is just like, it's sometimes, let's be honest, the stress is in the present moment. And I'm going to date myself when I say this, but we just want like, Calgon, take me away. You know, we want that moment where we just escape. Yeah. And most of us are just trying to escape stress. That's all we're doing when we reach for food or for wine or for screens. We're just trying to escape the stress. Yeah, It's a normal reaction. So the relaxation vacation, what it does is it takes you out of the present moment. 
and I walk you back through your own memories to a time where you felt happy, healthy, safe, connected, and I, you relive that experience in your body, and then you bring those feelings into the present moment. And it's done with that perceptible, nice, slow rhythm. And you get um, me walking you through it, playing my guitar. You also get me just playing my guitar if you just want to listen to the guitar. And you get one with me and just my voice. So you get three different versions of it. And uh, that's my gift. Oh, that's that's fantastic. And for those listening, it's uh, all this is also going to be in the show notes. So we'll have the links in the show notes. You know, another thing is your, your, is your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to put your podcast in the show notes as well. It's fan. It, I love the podcast. So here's the thing. I, I was sitting there listening to it and all of a sudden I wake up because you start playing the music. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm listening and listening and then, the, and I don't even realize that the music comes on and all of a sudden I'm like, hold on. I just was like zoned out and calmed for like 20, 30 minutes and I didn't even know it was coming to see that you're, you're a ninja. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm the I, relaxation ninja. <laughs> snuck in there and knocked you out. Bam. I wasn't, I wasn't, I never expect that, you know. That is so, awesome. So that's high praise. And it's important to remember that sleep only occurs when our brain's relaxed. And most of us who struggle with sleep issues, it's not because of a body issue, it's actually because of what's going on between our ears. So if you ever listen to relaxation music or you're ever doing a meditation and you fall asleep, that is a sign of success. Don't ever give yourself a hard time for falling asleep because what happened was is you sufficiently relaxed your nervous system for your body to do what it needs to do. Right. Which is sleep because we live in a sleep deprived culture. So if you doze off during any kind of relaxation experience, you won. That was great. Good job. Do it again. Rinse and repeat. May you fall asleep to that music every time. Again, I I want to thank you so much for being, uh, being on the podcast. Uh, you, you are, you're going to offer so much value to, to my listeners that, uh, uh, it's just unbelievable. And, and from my heart, I, I truly, truly appreciate what you do and how you put yourself out. Uh, again, as I said, of all the people I listen to, you are probably the most authentic person that, uh, that I've listened to. So again, heartfelt, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for adding value to not only my listeners, but to the world. What you do is, is so important and it is making a difference. I'm telling you people, people see you and and it makes a difference. So thank Thank you you. so, so much for taking the time. I know you're extremely busy, but taking the time out to be, uh, to be with us and talk with us. So thank you very much. My pleasure, Sean. Thanks for having me. Man, it was so good having Tim on the show. Uh, make sure that you go to the show notes and check out his his work. Go to his website, uh, his Instagram, his Facebook. Uh, definitely check out his podcast. And one of the things that you really need to do is on his website, uh, which is timringold.com, is go sign up for his uh, relaxation vacation. I'm telling you, it is absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, my daughter uh, had an episode of, of really a severe panic attack. She downloaded that uh, that music and was able to calm down. So the stuff is absolutely amazing. Uh, go visit him. And as always, I think leaders are readers. And the show notes, again, are packed with all kinds of books for you to go uh, go take a look at. Free copy of uh, Think and Grow Rich, a uh, free Audible book for you to download. Uh, and starting on Monday, I'm actually doing a seven-day Think and Grow Rich challenge uh, that you can sign up for. All of this is in the show notes. Uh, go up there, take a look. Until next week, always remember to think big.